0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening to you just after 6 o'clock on VOC 91.3 FM. Shukran so much for joining us. I'm Khawa Solomon. I'll be with you right up until 7 p.m. inshallah. Every Saturday between 6 and 7 p.m. for the next hour, we will deal with your SMS questions that has come through on 47913. We have also received some via email. And um, via fax, so those are also the modes you can uh, direct your questions to, as well as via our Facebook page on uh, Voice of the Cape, The Voice of the Cape, rather. Joining us every Saturday evening, as usual, answering your questions in a detailed manner is Sheikh Ibrahim Wuas. Assalamu alaikum to Sheikh.
1: Wa alaikum, salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and to all the listeners of The Voice of the Cape.
0: All right, so getting straight into the questions, we have lots to deal with, a, a big a backlog as well. So please, JazakAllah uh, Khair to everyone for their patience. So the first question for today, Sheikh, is Assalamualaikum. My daughter has a baby by a Christian guy. How must I handle it when it's waktu time and he's in the house?
1: Bismillah rahim Alhamdulillah, <laughs> wa salatu wa salamu ala wa ala alihi wa uh, I'm not uh, 100% sure uh, what exactly the, the question uh, is about, um, except that uh, this woman is explaining that obviously the uh, she's perhaps living, I, I make out she's living in the house of uh, the father of her daughter's uh, child, and this uh, person may be a non-Muslim. Uh, so, if it is his house, the, obviously the, the only concern would be if you are going to make salah, where are you going to make salah? Is it uh, pure? Is it clean? Where are you going to stand? And that is basically what is needed. I mean, you need to ascertain that the, the place is suitable for you to make salah. There's no najasa or impurities anywhere. Um, obviously, if it is her own home and he comes there, then there's obviously no problem because mm. there's no issue there. I think it's more perhaps when she is at where he stays, at oh, his okay, place. Okay, so, okay. she's not too sure whether it is clean or whatever. So okay. what she should do is she should just uh, choose a spot for her and for a daughter to, to make salah in and uh, kindly, you know, excuse herself or kindly uh, seek permission from, from, from the owner of the house um, if she can just take a corner somewhere. And, uh, yes, she doesn't have to go um, sort of investigate whether it is actually... 100% clean or not, mm. the fact is we, we will take it as clean unless proven otherwise. Yeah. That is normally the law that we follow. It will be proven as clean uh, unless we can prove it to be otherwise. So if that is the issue, I'm not sure if that is what she's asking about or whether it is maybe a issue she's asking, it's awkward if he's around and to make salah and so mm. on. Well, it shouldn't be awkward because we obviously have our laws to follow. Yes. We have our and, – and, and if he knows what Islam uh, is about, it's got – some idea then he obviously will not object to it Mm. because he knows obviously what our duties and our what our responsibilities are Mm. so if that is the case uh, then uh, you should just kindly tell him you know this is what we need to do and uh, inshallah i don't think there will be uh, a problem for you to do that Um, the only thing other thing that i mentioned already is the issue of tahara and purity Mm. so you try your best to to be in a place where you think most probably it is uh, clean enough for you to make salah in and if you can have a musalla you know and throw it over that area that will be obviously preferable, and then you make your salah in the best possible way, and inshallah, uh, hope Allah Taala accept from you your ibadah and from all of us inshallah.
0: Inshallah, I mean. All right. So the next uh, SMS came through, Sheikh. What is milka marriage? What is a milka marriage?
1: Yeah, this is a new concept that seems to be uh, taking off in in Cape Town. I don't know how far it's spread in South Africa, but it's basically an Arab custom that has been imported from from Saudi Arabia, I suppose. And uh, it's a normal marriage, it's a nikah that takes place between two parties, and of course all the integrals and conditions are met. So there is still a spoken offer, there is still an acceptance of that offer, there are still witnesses, etc, etc. There must still be a wali, so everything is in place. The only difference between a milka marriage and an ordinary marriage would be that the couple, they have an agreement amongst themselves that they will not yet consummate the marriage. They will not yet live together so in other words they contract the nikah but they will not live together so what, what does this mean it means simply that look uh, from the day that the contract is concluded then they are married to each other so they can obviously go out together they can uh, sit alone together they can do whatever married people would normally do uh, the mahar with regards to the dowry if a milka marriage takes place then immediately at the time of the contract half of the mahar will immediately be payable and the other half will be payable at the time when the marriage is consummated okay um and in terms of the nafaka, because they are not living together yet uh, their husband will obviously not yet have the responsibility to look after the wife um and and they normally do this because let's say they are still young they are still studying um so they want to get married but at the same time um they also don't want to um uh, they 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 don't want to court let's say they don't want to go out with each other but they want to be together uh, but they're still young, they're still studying. So w- this is, was like an alternative to that. So will, they will get married, but they will not yet consummate and live together. So this is uh, allowed, of course, it's it's just not a custom that we are used to. It's not something that we ordinarily would do. Um, and one thing that I need to bring to the attention of whoever is asking this question is that remember the moment the contract is concluded, then you are married. So you can't just walk away if something goes wrong. Let's say a few uh, few months down the line or a few weeks down the line, you feel that this person is not for you. Then the marriage is actually concluded, so you need to divorce her. You can't just walk away from the nikah. Okay, that's the one thing that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, now there's another question that, that comes. I don't know if this is perhaps also the concern of the questioner. They, they are sometimes, what if the agreement was made, ...between the couple that they will not consummate the marriage except on a certain date. But then they happen to consummate it before then. Because that is quite possible. They could be alone together. They could have had some opportunity to be uh, with each other. So now they consummated the marriage before the actual agreement... Okay, what does that leave them with? Well, it's halal for them, of course, to be together. So uh, that means that they are not committing uh, anything that is wrong, mm-hmm. as such. The only thing is they've gone against the agreement that they themselves made, mm-hmm. which means that from that moment onwards, the marriage was consummated. So nafaka will become um, will become now compulsory. The the other half of the dowry will also become. Compulsory. so this is basically something that happens like i said in the middle east mostly it is not something that we do but i see there are some young people that have uh, latched onto this idea of getting married and not yet staying together so it is allowed there's nothing um, impermissible about it but i think before you go into something like this you need to obviously get clarity on all the angles of 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 the, the matter so that you know exactly what you are going in for InshaAllah, Taala.
0: Shek, is there any sort of period that this this custom um, takes place in? Um, yeah, it would
1: vary. It would vary from from culture to culture, but uh, okay. they would have an agreement. Let's say in six months we will consummate the marriage. Okay. Sometimes a year. Uh, okay. So during that year, the idea is so that the the husband and wife they are actually husband and wife. They can go out together. They mm. can go shopping together. They can go plan their wedding. They can do all those things mm. without any restrictions or limitations. Mm. The only thing is they will not be uh, married. Co- married in terms of con- consummation. Sorry. Yeah. they would not have been intimate with one another okay. that's the only difference so it varies from from place to place from culture to culture it is something that they agree upon and uh, they would normally then have the reception or the walima at the day or uh, on the day when they are supposed to consummate the marriage hmm. that is the time that they will actually have the walima this is how it happens in other places, uh, although it is not too common amongst our folk here in in South Africa.
0: All right, so some is trying and, and testing it. Or would like to. Yeah, yeah look, like I said, there it. may be
1: some good in it yeah. uh, because, like I say, people don't want to court; they want to do the right thing. Mm. They don't want to go out with one another. Uh, so they are young; they're not prepared for, to live together. Also, mm. so what they do is they contract the nikah, so at least they can see each other, they can visit, they can go out if they wish but they're just not yet um, fulfilling all the obligations of marriage as such hmm. up until such a time where they actually
0: consummate the marriage. All right, so let's take a break with that new idea, heating the community, and when we come back more of your questions after this, stay with us. Assalamu alaikum. A very good evening to you. Welcome back to Questions and Answers. I am Khawa Solomon, and joining me, answering your questions, is Sheikh Ibrahim Mus. Sheikh Ibrahim Mus is the um, resident Imam at the Yusufia Masjid out in Weinberg in Cape Town. So, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, next uh, question: Is it the right for a wife to tell her sisters and family of all the things happening in her house, Sheikh?
1: Yeah, obviously, it uh, it would not be right for um, the wife to to tell everything and to uh, talk to uh, to strangers about what is happening in the house. Um, there are certain matters that are obviously private. There are certain matters which the husband would not obviously like the wife to tell others. So uh, she must obviously be sensitive towards that. Hmm. Um, there is some um, some indication in the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu hmm. that there are certain issues that is completely um beyond our means to be able to tell it out There's certain things that is completely private in other words mm-hmm. Which we should never share with others And that is obviously issues of intimacy And stuff like that, That these things you don't talk about To others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless of course you're talking to someone for advice Or you're talking to someone because it's a problem mm-hmm. Then you could, uh, and just to the extent Necessary, but you don't go Just in a normal circumstances when you're s- Sitting with your friends, just, just talk chatting, about yeah. Chatting about those mm-hmm. things, because those things are private mm-hmm. And there's actually a hadith Where the Prophet ﷺ said the hadith is in Sahih Muslim where the Prophet ﷺ says that the worst of people in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment would be a person who is with his wife and she is with him intimately and then afterwards one of them goes spread what has happened. You know, they go tell over, or they go expose each other's uh, aura to others, etc. What had occurred and so on. This is all haram. This should not happen. Um, so that is obviously something which uh, should be taken uh, heed of. Um, if it is other matters that the wife is telling her sisters or telling the other family members, obviously she must be sensitive and she should no, more or less know what are the things which her husband would not like her to tell over. You know, certain things may not be as serious as, as intimate relations, but the husband will still not like that. Okay. Uh, and that is, you must always, you must always look at it uh, in terms of the interest of the marriage itself. Okay. So the matter that I want to talk over about, why am I doing it? Is there any benefit in it? Is it going to harm the marriage? Is it going to upset my husband? And if that is the case, it should be refrained from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certain people, for example, they like to be private in terms of their uh, income. Mathelon. You know, they don't like people to know what they, what their income is. Mm-hmm. So it would not be right for a wife just to tell everybody, you know, my husband earned such and such. Because that may be a sensitive thing uh, certain things also uh, other things attached to them ma- uh, to the to, to, to the household so the wife really must be the one that will know whether he would like it or not and the, n- the normal circumstance is that if she knows that he does not like her to speak out on that particular thing then she should not speak out she should rather uh, keep it to the confines of the home um, and so, because there, there are certain things which obviously should be kept, uh, within the family. So let's say, for example, there are trouble in the family as well, and there has been arguments and stuff. Those are not things that you just go tell over like that. Okay? Other people may, 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 may in want to intervene, or it may cause some, some extra complications if you go tell it over. So sometimes it's best for a family to sort their own things out internally first, before going externally. That's why, uh, you know, the, I remember the, the older people, whenever they used to get, uh, give advice, couples getting married and you know we traditionally have this thing where we give advice and the karma you know uh, in the night of the wedding so the father would come and give advice and one of the advices that he would most probably give is that if there's anything wrong between you try to sort it out in the bedroom hmm. don't let it come beyond that okay that, that should be how things are sorted out and we should not unnecessarily involve other people in our problems in, in our issues um, so that is I think uh, general kind of guidelines that the husband and the wife should be following as far as speaking as to what is happening in, in
0: their home Assalamualaikum, I need advice Kanala. I moved to my mom's house with children um, as we had to move from the place we were staying now my husband doesn't want to stay with us at my mom's house, he's staying at his mom's place, he only wants to come over weekends, he's full of excuses about why he doesn't want to stay here with us, what can I do Sheikh?
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously, I mean, the first thing that I would say here is that it's unhealthy for you, obviously, to stay apart like this, right, for him to stay somewhere and for you to stay somewhere and for him only to come visit at certain times. Mm, okay. um, that is obviously tricky because, uh, you know, if people are away from each other like that. Uh, ideas can easily creep into the mind and the shaitan can always come up with certain suggestions and certain things which is not good. So we must try to stay away from that. Okay. Mm. But now also what I would like to ask is, you know, is it maybe because he feels awkward staying in your mother's home? Because there may be th- those kind of sticky situations also where you feel a bit awkward in the in-law's house, there may be certain things which you would do differently, etc. So if that is the case, we need to obviously first speak to him and hear, somebody should speak to him and hear, why does he not want to stay with your mom's house? And he must come up with a good excuse, why not? Okay. And the way it seems is that you are saying that he is making excuses which perhaps is not justifiable. Okay. The other issue that I would consider here is also that you know, can he actually afford to put you on on his own on a place, etc.? Because if he cannot, then there's obviously no alternative for him but to stay by one of the family members, and in this case, it happens to be your mother or your father's place. And in this case, he should he should continue like that. He should stay with your mother. And if there's issues, then they must try to resolve the issues between the in-laws, etc., etc. Um, but, but what I can advise you for now is that obviously try to be patient and try to 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 to, to think carefully how you want to deal with this. Okay, um, uh, we don't want to jump to conclusions uh, immediately why he is not wanting to sleep with you or, sleep with you or be with you in your mother's house mm. um, We need to inv- investigate first what, what are the issues at hand here um, But I think somebody needs to tell him that it's obviously dangerous for you to live apart like this and just to come visit weekends and stuff like that Because that is not what a marriage is about Marriage is not an occasional occurrence where you can decide when and when not to right? It's a commitment and of course you need each other every day you need each other to help and assistance and moral support and advice so that is something that is uh, quite Uh, Important with each and every Household So my my advice is simply that I think Somebody should uh, sit the two of you down And actually speak to you why It is that he doesn't want to come stay there Mm. Uh, Is it financial issues, is it issues With your mother, is there maybe history So those things can possibly be resolved Mm. But I think for me at the end of the day Whatever happens is you must try to live together Whether it's going to be by your mom Or whether it's going to be somewhere else Let's say for example, just a scenario Let's say he gets another place and it's not by Mm. your mom Like, let's say it's by his mom, or let's say it's by one of his other family members, and he decides that's a more suitable place, and there is nothing that is uncanny about it, then you should move. You should stay where he is is able to put you up. You know, for the, for the, for the goodwill of the marriage and for the, for the success of the marriage, you should do that and, and make that sacrifice. And I, I know, yes, for women it can often be much more better for them to live with their mothers, because they're comfortable with their own mother and their own father and so on. But you must look at it from his side. Right? He may not be as comfortable. There may be issues. There may be. And sometimes I think also men, they feel awkward just from a psychological point of view. They feel awkward when they have to live in the house of their in-laws. Okay? Because they feel they're the ones that's supposed to be providing, but they're not doing that. Okay? So I think all these angles need to be explored, and then we can obviously then uh, see a way forward. Uh, and the main uh, thing for me is, at the end of the day, you must live together. No matter how you're going to achieve that, you must. That must be the main objective in your discussions that you have with him. Inshallah, ta'ayah.
0: Inshallah, shukran, Sheikh. Let's take a short break, and we ke- we come back with your questions after this. Stay with us. alaikum Welcome back. So the next question we've received on questions and answers for this week is assalamu alaikum a means heart bacha of mark by a sick? Means. Watr tua kana means bacha at work. Shukran salam.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. With regards to the, the etiquette and adab that should be followed when a person visits a sick person, um, it obviously we we always at all times Try to do whatever is going to make The person who we're visiting comfortable yeah. Okay, we never uh, Make him uncomfortable or make him feel or awkward easier. Or un- un- uneasy, etc So if it is in terms of Reciting loud or soft, you should judge The situation and see If he's somebody that you know He would probably appreciate for you to recite for him to hear mm-hmm. Then you do that Because, you know, people normally they, they get a very soothing sensation And they feel very contented when they hear the Quran Mm-hmm. But that is if you know that that person is in that state To actually be uh, receiving that recital On the other hand, if the person is really sick He maybe be really in pain, you know And the slightest sound may even uh, upset him a bit more Or may make it a bit more difficult In that case, you must not recite aloud You rather recite by yourself, softly mm-hmm. Because remember, even if you do it softly You still get the thawab And the barakah of the Quran being recited will still be afforded right? The rahmah of Allah will still be coming down Even if he does not hear what you are reciting So I think the rule of thumb always is When you visit a sick person Try to consider his condition before your own Okay, his or her condition before your own Um, I mean, just on that point Some people go visit at awkward times, for example Okay, that is against the adab of Islam To go, uh, let's say, early in the morning Or very late at night Where you know that the sick person may be resting (coughs) The other thing is as well Some people go and they, they overstay their visit They stay for very long periods where they know the person is in pain or the person would appreciate to be also alone. So you go there, you do the necessary, you make dua, you ask about the person's condition, etc., and then you move on. Mm. Okay, those are the adab. Uh, I know people also, when they visit the sick, they can, they can make it very awkward for the sick person. You know, asking lots of questions. Mm. So, why is it that you look like this? Why don't you look right today? Why don't you, you don't look so healthy today? Mm. No, we must always try to obviously be positive around sick people. Because our attitude and our positivity may just uh, uplift the spirits of that person. Mm. Um, so, that is the rule of thumb. We look at the condition and then we judge from there whether we should do things aloud or softly and how we should go about. And in terms of what dua to recite, There's of course many things that can be recited I'll just give maybe one or two uh, tips that, that is taken from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa one thing that all of us can do which is easy to remember is to recite the three quls. now we know the three quls was done in a very specific way every day by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa what he used to do is he used to open his the palms of his hands his two hands and he used to recite أحد, the complete surah then the complete surah and الفلق, the complete surah, and Then what he would do is he would blow lightly in his two palms of his hands blow lightly and you're not spitting in your hand but just light wind that is blown into your hand then he would actually take his two hands and he would wipe it completely on his entire body as if whatever was recited in his hands is wiped over the body Mm. okay rasulullah used to do this three times every night before he goes and retreat uh, to go and sleep and there is uh, reports that show in Sahih al-Bukhari, for example, that Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha, she explains that when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa yes, no. was on his last, and he couldn't actually do this for himself anymore, he actually requested that Sayyidina Aisha do it for him. So she would then recite in the palms of her hands, the Kulwallahad Kullabil Fala Kulra bin Nas and then she would take her two hands and rub it over the body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So that is something which is very easy for us to do if we know that the person is in such a condition where we can touch them and wipe over them. Uh, lightly, and then we can do that by reciting those three surahs. And then also some of the other du'as that was taught, and there's many, many du'as that was taught obviously by our Prophet Ali uh, One of the du'as that we often hear uh, the Imams make when a person is sick uh, is to say, Asalullah al-Azeem Rabbal Ashilaem ayyashfiyaka. Asalullah Al Azim Rabb al Ashilaheem ayyashfiyaka. And basically it means I ask Allah who is the greatest, the Lord of the throne to give you shifa to give you a cure for your illness that you are in and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had actually said if a person recites this seven times for a person who is sick then that will cause the person to be uh, cured inshallah with the permission of allah the person will be cured or the person at least will be alleviated from the difficulty that he is that he is in so that is a simple dua that can be made al so that is a simple thing that we can remember to say and what I've mentioned before the the, the three quls to be recited and to wipe to be wiped over the body of the person who is ill there is many other things also that a person i mean one of the things that I also I was thinking of is that the nabi Ali like I said earlier on, you must always be positive around a person who's sick. And what is amazing is that the Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam, when he used to visit certain people, um, he used to say the following. He used to say, la ba'sa tahur, inshaAllah. And what this means is, don't worry, don't worry, this is a form of purification for you. Mm. And look at how positive is that. You know, giving that person the hope that don't worry, it's not for nothing that you are getting sick. It's not in vain. So if you're in a state of illness, don't worry. Allah knows about it. And Allah is wiping out your sins in the process. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to always say this. La ba Don't worry. It's a form of purification for you. So that is how we should obviously uh, go about in visiting the Sikh, inshallah and uh, making dua for them. And also, if we can, request them to make dua for us as well. Yes. Because they are very close to Allah when they are in that state. So we request their du'as and we make du'a that Allah gives all the ill and all the sick, give them shifa, inshallah, and alleviation from the pains and the difficulties that they may be experiencing.
0: Amen, inshallah. Right, so the next question is, Asalaamu Sheikh. It's been almost three years since ex-husband has been in contact with our three kids. No calls, not even on birthdays. I now have to go to court several times as he once to lessen the maintenance He's also skipped more than 5 months How do I deal with the, the constant negativity I just want my kids and I To be in peace um, They did him no wrong
1: Yeah it's uh, it's obviously A very trying situation for you um, And the thing that I can say Is you know the best way is to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring contentment In your heart to give you that peace of mind, mm-hmm. because ultimately Allah knows what you are going through, and uh, Allah Ta'ala can, can take you out of that situation as well. Especially your kids, we know it's not nice for them to suffer the way that they are, knowing that their father don't care about them or don't worry about them. Mm-hmm. And I think what you should do is also, uh, don't try to, 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 to remind them about this. Try to always change the subject or try to always keep them away from this kind of talk. Don't speak in front of them how bad their father is or what he's done recently, etc., etc. Because the more you tell a child that, the more it will register, the more it will become painful Mm -hmm. and the more it will affect the child's behavior. So you also try to, whilst you are looking to, to wipe out the negativity which your husband is causing, you should also try not to stir it on. Right, so try to be positive around your kids, and yes, follow the course whatever you can follow to get your justice and to get haq which is owed to you like maintenance and nafaka. Follow all the channels which is at your at your disposal uh, to 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 actually get what um, you are supposed to get but at the same time uh, turn to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is the giver and the taker he is the one that can afford us whatever we want he mm-hmm. is the one that can help us out of that situation so stand up in the morning before fajr by a few minutes or maybe 10-15 minutes make the salah and appeal to allah Taala to take you out of this situation that allah must change the heart of your ex-husband if not for you, but at least towards your kids, mm-hmm. so that they don 't have to grow up without a father or someone that don 't care for them, etc., the material things for me normally is secondary, you know although very important, but for me it 's normally secondary, but it 's the emotional stuff that is longer. Effective or that there's a longer effect on the child mm. The emotional stuff, you know, the fact that My father don't care about me, the fact That my father don't visit me, not even on my birthday He phones me. I yeah, mean, they'll
0: the, grow up with that Even if the known monetary in, Exactly, is
1: exactly, that's why I'm saying that You know, in terms of if he doesn't give you nafaka and all that It is bad, but we can maybe still, still Deal with that mm. in some way, but the Emotional scar that is given to the they'll child favor, Is yeah. very, very uh, You know, it has a very long effect on that Child, so that is what we should ask Allah Taala To take away, you know, that the child does not have to go through that and to change The heart of their father mm-hmm. so that at least He can show his humane side Towards his children and show his um, Emotional attachment at least to them in one way Or the other uh, and we also From our side we make dua that Allah Makes it easy upon you inshallah and all People in your situation that Allah Makes it easy for you because it's uh, we can't Understand we know it's difficult to you Know uh, to, 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 to put ourselves in that Situation if we haven't experienced yeah, it If you're not really in it you really can't speak About it but uh, we can only but, uh, you know, uh, ask Allah to help you and to assist you in this difficult time And to grant you a way forward mm. out of this predicament that you are in, inshallah
0: I think, you know, coming from a, a divorced relationship also, Sheikh I, And having kids, I would just reiterate that no matter what goes wrong in, in, in your your ex-husband's life Or even if you remarry or whatever the, As Sheikh had said, that is of utmost importance To always keep the kids calm as if, as if nothing's going wrong. So, and, 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 and I would just echo on that. It's, it's, it's pivotal in your life and for the rearing of your children. You wouldn't want to see your children, um, living like that, that repeat life when they grow up and marry. So uh, although they might not want it, it could be subconscious in their head and they repeat it unfortunately. Yeah, so inshallah the, just, just keep them positive. Inshallah. Absolutely
1: that is the human condition, you know, mm. if we are exposed to whatever, it will affect us. No yeah. matter how we you know look at it. If we are exposed to good, then it will have a good effect yes, on us. Yes. If we are exposed to evil or bad, it will have a bad effect and on
0: inshallah, us. And inshallah Allah will reward you abundantly. Yeah. And Think the children
1: we must always, you know, look at their interest, you know. Mm. It is them that we want to save. It is them that we want to Make comfortable Even before ourselves mm. Because we as adults Can still deal with it We can still Sort of uh, work through Those yes. emotions Easier we than our Children yes. can yeah. so, so inshallah We hope you'll keep That in your mind inshallah. And shukran for that Addition that you've added uh, uh, Hawa It's important that, that You know we share This kind of information With people yeah. So that they know that You know these things Can be overcome yeah. It can yeah. be Can be it can And be. as a
0: woman alone It yeah. can be very hard So inshallah yes. All the strength to her As I mean, well inshallah. And as Sheikh has said Get up before Fajr Make that extra salah. You know, get that extra energy and just to make and speak to Allah. It's it's, it's a, that time is is very important. So all the best to her. Amen, Inshallah. Inshallah. All right. So the next question is: Alaikum Married for twenty five years, no kids. Myself and wife have, were virgins at marriage. Medical signs proved no fault. We happy together. Alhamdulillah, no affairs. The question is, Sheikh Is Will we have kids in Akhirah? Mashallah. Mashallah. it's Mashallah. A, it's sad but it's a good question it's as sad well. and,
1: and it's also very encouraging I mean if you look at the saying that they're happy together and, Alhamdulillah, yeah. it, it tells me that they are satisfied it's with the big, decree yeah. of Allah you know that they're not uh, rebelling against what Allah has put mm. out for them Mashallah. and uh, I mean we can really commend you on that you mm. know it's 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 not an easy thing um and and I, I I often tell people that are in that situations you know that Allah is actually very you know he loves you very much mm. that he's chosen for you to be in that particular part so that you can sh- can sh- see how patient you are mm. and show your good character through those difficulties that he's putting you through. And also, you find that uh, I always encourage people, you know, that even some of the prophets went through this. You know, some of the beloved prophets, like Nabi yes. Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam, you know, when the angels eventually came to tell his wife, Sarah, that she's going to be pregnant, you know, she's going to be expecting a child. She was over 80 already, they say. And she was laughing, you know, how is this possible? I am barren, and so on. The fact is that they they, they, they remain married and they remain, um, you know, positive And they always sort of looked at the good that Allah was still affording them Instead of looking at the negativities mm-hmm. And yeah, Alhamdulillah, I see this also in this couple And we make dua that Allah Ta'ala will, will keep you in this way And remember, nothing is impossible, you know Everything happens with Allah's will and with His time and with His wisdom And so, inshallah, Allah knows best But in terms of your actual question, I'm very sure, you know, that Jannah, we know uh, The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, had explained to us in many a hadith that uh, Jannah is a place that you can 't imagine really because there 's nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. everything is beautiful you know there 's no ugliness there 's no fighting there 's no voices that is uh, that is uh, rude or that is uh, you know bad, etc everything is good, everything is beautiful, and uh, um, we know of Jannah as well that we will be given what our hearts desire yeah. because that is a place of reward you know mm-hmm. so whatever you want, Allah will give you and i 'm sure if that is what you want, Allah will give it to you you know yeah i don 't think you should, you, we should we should at all. Uh, Have doubt in the fact that Allah will give us whatever we want Because that is what Jannah is all about so inshallah, uh, you know, I hope Allah gave you all of the best, you know, mm. in the akhirah and in the dunya as he has been giving you this, this strength and this, uh, you know, confidence in him, etc. Uh, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, uh, keep you on that path and, uh, you know, may Allah ta'ala reward you abundantly for all the the, the good character so. and characteristics that you've had towards each other. Because it's easy for somebody, you know, in this situation just to walk away, mm. say, look, if it's not working, I need to try some somewhere else, you know, but for people to stick together like this you, you, you find couples, it's really encouraging mm. to when you see that this is happening and so on. And so, that is what we can say to them, inshallah. We are remain positive and remain what you are doing, just keep on doing that. Mm. And inshallah, you will see that uh, you will always be blessed and you will always feel contented, inshallah. Yeah,
0: if your desire is to own a country, yeah, in in, in, in this world, this dunya, and you can't quite achieve it, I think the same would be unlimited um, in Jannah. Your desires for children, then. Allah knows best. I mean, <laughs> I mean, inshallah. Inshallah. I mean, inshallah. Well, the best to that couple, and, and I'd like to congratulate them as well. So, our um, next question is, Assalamualaikum. can a getrouwde vrouw with kleinkinders alone on holiday and overseas? Um, she so said, there's nothing wrong you, Sheikh.
1: Yeah, of course, if a person says there's nothing wrong with something which has been explained to us by our Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa etc., then it shows very little, um, attention is being paid to the word of Allah and to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, uh, so obviously, um, you can't say there's nothing wrong with something if there is guidance on, on the matter. Mm -hmm. That has been given and this particular topic obviously if it is that she has to travel but in this case It seems to be a holiday, so it's maybe not a necessity Mm -hmm. Um, So if it is a holiday the 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 sharia says well if you want to travel beyond a certain distance Then you must at least have a mahram with you Mm -hmm. and the children if they are small They're not mukallaf yet They can't really be a mahram for you Mm -hmm. because they are not able to protect you and and all of this is actually for the protection of the Of the woman Mm -hmm. it's not to curtail her or to restrict her etc But it's for her own good and her own protection As such. Okay? Uh, And that is why, in this case, I mean, I would say that if there is a husband, which, I mean, there is probably, I'm not sure, if there is a husband, the husband should make sure that she doesn't travel in this way. He should facilitate for her mm-hmm. to travel either with him or get someone to go with them, just for their safety at least. Then at least we know we have fulfilled our duties towards them. So so definitely there's a hadith where the Prophet wasallam had said, لا تسافر المرأة ثلاثة أيام إلا مع ذي محرم. A woman should not travel the distance of three days except with a mahram. Okay, and there's countless ahadith on this, Um, even on Hajj, the Prophet ﷺ was not happy, you know, if a person is going to let his wife go alone on Hajj and he is able to go with her, for example. Uh, Nabi ﷺ encouraged, the one person came and he actually said that I was supposed to go to a certain battle, but my wife is going on Hajj. The Prophet ﷺ actually said to him, leave the battle and go on Hajj with Mm. your wife, you know, because it's the husband's duty to make sure that the wife is safe and that the wife uh, can travel with him or with a mahram uh, in safety, etc., etc. So, inshallah, this is the advice that we would give to this woman, that, uh, you know, uh, if it is possible, uh, you know, if you travel next time, get someone to go with you to fulfill those obligations. Um, And yes, we can speak about if if there's no way out, and let's say you have to travel somewhere, and it's really a pressing matter, then yes, the the sharia is obviously open to those kinds of things. You know, al-daruratu, uh, says This is a beautiful maxim or law or ruling that is followed by the scholars Where they say whenever you are in a situation of necessity hmm. Then that which is normally not allowed would become allowed for you You know the deen is not that narrow So let's say you have to travel because of safety reasons Or you can't live where you are living because you're feeling threatened etc And you don't have a mahram to go with you You can travel without a mahram then because to preserve your life is obviously more important than worrying about the mahram mm. you know so so what we are saying is that the sharia allows for those situations of necessity but under normal circumstances we should try our level best to fulfill our obligations towards the sharia uh, one of which is a woman should not necessarily travel without any due reason, without a mahram or without uh, a husband that can accompany her in order for her to be safe and contented on, on, where, on the journey that she is undertaking.
0: Shukran sheik We'll take a short break and pay some bills. And when we get back, some answers to your questions back in a moment. Assalamu Alaikum, welcome back. A very good evening. Our last few minutes on uh, questions and answers with the Sheikh Ibrahim answering your um, questions in detail. Alhamdulillah, shukran for staying with us and being part of the show and await your um, questions to your, uh, at least the answers to your questions which you've sent through to us a week or two ago. So our next question, Sheikh, we have is, my daughter is married for 12 years, two small children, never interfere, missing for two years, no leads. Children is by the husband. Okay. This sentence, I'm sure, is not completely um, all um, there. Um, but at, at the end, is it is it that the daughter is gone missing? It appears kids, like that. Yeah, yeah, and the kids it, are with the husband. Yeah,
1: it appears that this woman's daughter is missing. Mm. And she obviously hasn't seen her for two years. And, uh, yes, it's, uh, um, I, I obviously could, you know, um, we should make dua that Allah, you know, brings your daughter back to you. Uh, you know, any parent that is separated from her child is normally a distraught parent. Is really, hmm. It's very, it's very difficult on a parent not to see the child, etc So we should make dua that Allah should, uh, you know, reunite the two of you. But of course, in terms of how to find her, uh, um, you should follow the, the, the routes, you know, that are at your disposal. And I'm sure maybe you've gone to the police already, you've uh, filed a report, whatever the case is, and follow up on those things. And uh, I think one of the the, the mechanisms that we have at our disposal today is the the social media. I mean, that plays actually a big role. You know, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the, um, you know, uh, emails and so on. So if it is that you are... Uh, having these things at your disposal, you should use them inshallah, put the picture on and just ask around on Facebook and paste it all over so that hopefully if someone would have seen her or known where she is and maybe she also can, will respond if she's on Facebook, or someone else will say, "Look, I've seen her. I know where she is, etc." Um, so, so um, I, I suppose those are some of the avenues that we can mm. explore uh, in, in terms of uh, trying to, to 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 locate where she is. Mm. But in the meantime, we make du'a that Allah makes it easy for you and your family, inshallah.
0: Inshallah. All right. Next question is: Assalamualaikum. Uh, please help, advice, uh, and pick, um, exclam- exclamation mark. Stepdaughter is very rude. And speak to me, her stepfather, as if I'm a child, and um, and my instead covers up. I think um, my wife, wife, they're missing. My wife instead covers up for her instead of standing ground with me. She got herself into so many, so much trouble with non-Muslim boys. Even allow them in the house when when we her parents are not home. I don't know anymore, and too afraid to open my mouth. Then my wife shuts me up in front of her children.
1: Yeah, I think the worst thing that uh, parents can do uh, in front of their children is to show disagreement, you know, well, on matters of scale, yeah. this kind of importance. This mm. is of, of really real importance, and for us to disagree on this kind of thing, it sends a very bad message and a wrong signal to the child. Because the child will now feel, look, if mommy and daddy is arguing about it, and I've got leeway, you hmm. know, to do as I please or, or not to uh, abide by the rules, etc. I think, uh, just very briefly, I think that you as the husband should be much more firm with your wife, first of all, okay, and to tell her, uh, you know, that it's wrong of her not to be on your side, especially if the child is doing something wrong now it may be that of course um uh, it's not his own daughter it's his stepdaughter so it's maybe his wife's daughter uh, which means that maybe the wife feels look it's it's not your child so you don't have to interfere Hmm. but that's wrong because we remember in islam we know that the stepdaughter even uh, you know there's a relationship between the stepdaughter and the stepfather Mm -hmm. where there's a mahram relationship so they can never get married to each other you know so the father should not be excluded especially if the child is living in your house and i think you as a father Uh, Of a stepfather of this child and the husband of this wife You should uh, be very uh, sort of assertive To say that this is the the rules that I would like to be uh, uh, Obeyed in my house Mm -hmm. And if they said I mean bringing boys in the house And things those are things that obviously need to be out Out of the question I don't think any sane parent will allow that Mm -hmm. So instead of uh, the wife Instead of now going against the husband's decisions Or insight as far as this is concerned She should be supportive of him Okay, it's a very very bad thing not to uh, support him on this, especially if it is things that he's asking that is reasonable. You know, even if it's not his own daughter, but it's his stepdaughter, it's still his house, mm. and the fact is, it may have negative effects on others that is in the house. Let's say they've got their own children together as well, his own daughters and his own sons together. That means that that, that child's attitude will obviously rub off on the others. Mm. You know, and I remember um, it was some time back where somebody was saying that. Uh, in the month of Ramadan, you know, there was this one person complaining that his 20-year-old uh, child is not fasting during the month of Ramadan simply because they don't feel like fasting. And how bad effect that had on the smaller children because now mm. the smaller children also feels that if he doesn't have to fast or if, he, if he's not fasting, why should we then attempt to fast? Mm. So the point is that uh, I think you as as the husband, you as the, the, the father, albeit a stepfather of this child, you must be much more assertive, okay, to show that if it's as long as they're living under your roof, you can make the rules, and you will, your rules will be obeyed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there will be consequences if it is not obeyed. And I think the wife, on from her part, she needs to be absolutely supportive of you in the situation. Okay, if you want your child to be growing up in in an environment that is going to be uh, positive and beneficial to them, she must be supportive of you. And this is actually something which the Prophet ﷺ stated when he said, shouldn't I define for you what is a, a pious wife, a good wife? And one of the things that he said was that if she is told something by the husband and it's something which is amicable or or reasonable, then she should try to abide with the request that he makes. Mm. And, of course, he won't make a request that is unreasonable. He won't make a request without discussing first, without consulting first. So there's always discussion, there's consultation, there's dialogue. And finally, if he makes the decision, his decision should be respected because there must be someone that makes the decision somewhere. Right, like on any in, in any corporation, any business, the business will not flourish if there isn't one person who takes the reins and mm-hmm. make the decisions. So I think uh, she owes that to this marriage and to him to obviously uh, give him the right to make those decisions and to support him on that. Especially if it is involving her daughter that may be doing things that is totally wrong mm-hmm. and that is totally unacceptable. There is no way that you can stand with your daughter on those wrong things and go against what your husband. He's saying, okay, that is wrong. So, from uh, that is for me the crux of the matter. He mm. needs to take that decision to be more firm and more assertive as far as this scenario is concerned.
0: And inshallah, I, I don't think any um parent child relationship is easy. So, ultimately, it is going to be it's not going to be easy. And if, if they need help, you know, they must go and seek help. Whether they don't agree They're continuously not going to agree Because sometimes it does happen, Cheikh And it's important to take the stand That, you know, you're going to go for help To help the family Or you and your wife Or even this child That's a bit rebellious mm. So all the best Because it's, it's not easy to parent nowadays Yeah,
1: absolutely There's so many so factors child, uh, And so many things that is uh, out there So mm. we need to So I think the, the crux is We need to stand together yeah. To face yeah. those challenges We can't be different And one saying this and the other And you know. show
0: that it needs to be sorted uh, and out show
1: yeah. that we are You know, uh, we are standing on one footing as far as we are going to address this thing. I think that is where the success will come from, inshallah.
0: Inshallah. And with that note, we will end questions and answers session for today. A big, big shukran. Thank you, Bayadanki, that you've joined us and stayed with us for the last hour. We will see you again next week, same time, same place. Please do download the show on iono.fm. If you wish to hear a repeat of it and any of the questions that you might have missed will be answered um, on that uh, platform as well. So it's a recording where you can listen to any time um, at your convenience. Jazakallah khair. To Sheikh once again for being with us Salama, travel back home And all the love and salams to Sheikh's family as well
1: Shukran jazilan and to you also Sister Hawa And uh, also to our listeners Until we meet again inshallah in one week's time Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
0: Wa alaikum assalam. And from us al salam And enjoy the rest of your weekend Be safe and good evening